FCS football podcast with Joe DeLeon. Well, let's get fat. And Sean Anderson. I am a soothsayer. Welcome back to the final episode of the Believe in FCS football podcast for the 2021-2022 season. You gave me a look like I was saying we were canceling the show. I realized as uh, the that was the look that would have been mouth. a look of relief. <laughs> oh, oh! Just send me into the great beyond. Long season for you because I don't know my partner. I don't <laughs> know you anymore. Is it the coffee thing? Is that what you're talking about? Just or is uh, yeah? I'll, we'll get to it. I just please, we we should actually have tried to do a, a decent intro this time. I, I, you're on a roll, and I made a face. Pardon. We've me. we've never had a decent intro, and I you're don't know why we, we would stop. You're there. using a weird coffee Who? mug, and you're just being weird. You're just, and I know so I'm the only one. I was drinking I know out of this coffee mug. For those on the it, video, I was drinking out of this coffee mug. I just made myself a cup of coffee, and oh, you're so it, proud it, to say that. You're so proud to say I, that. I, oh yeah, I'm proud that I don't have to walk to go get coffee anymore, and I could just make it in my kitchen. What's that? Yeah, I'm glad that. Why don't you just boil some water, get some beans in your hand, and just crunch on those and pour that into your mouth? How about that? That's the Joe that I know. That's not the Joe that you know. I used to. We were, I was just saying this before we started recording. I used to waddle over to Dunkin' Donuts and buy a large iced coffee, which I would argue is less masculine and much stranger that I was doing that compared to just drinking coffee. You're just so California. It's so annoying. It's there's Your Drinking glasses, coffee is California? You're wearing a hoodie like that, like the, the fashion of the hoodie and then your hair. And then you're, you're wearing you're just, a hoodie. You're too. so happy. Hey, how many yeah, layers hey, yeah, do you, you have know what? Yeah, because it's cold. And I don't act like I forgot I lived on the East Coast for 20 years of my life because I'm still living here. It's bitter outside. Just disturbingly cold. Well, hopefully we can change that. Um, Sean, we got a, a football you game. Keep to running talk that about. smart mouth. We got a football. just <laughs> we have a football game we have to talk about. This past weekend, the All FCS right. national championship game occurred. So yeah, that was uh, you think very, that's a football uh, game. That was an entertaining football game, and we've got some things that we have to discuss about the game, separate from the game itself, that kind of impacted the outcome of it. Um, lot to cover on today's show. I'm gonna. Give a little bit of a preview of what we're expecting to do during the offseason as well. Um, but mostly going to be talking about that FCS National Championship, what it means for the future, some of the things that really did kind of drag the game down. But before we get to that, though, Sean, uh, did you uh, did you do any betting this week? The way that you said that makes me... I didn't tell you about my bets. Um, no, you didn't. I, I'm, I'm actually curious which what you had this week. Yeah, I was on a heater. And then I decided I don't like money and I, I just lost <laughs> and I lost and I lost and I lost uh, the chargers uh, just such a disappointment, lost money on them. And then Alabama football, I, you stink. Did you, lost money did you on bet them. on Bama? Did you bet on Bama? Yes, I bet on Bama. Mm. Did you I, bet listened on... To the, I listened to the press conferences before the game. The Saban sitting here talking about, oh, we he's confident treating like any other championship game, playoff game. Kirby Smart's sitting there talking, stumbling all over himself, you know, with an air of, oh, well, I'd love to make it happen. I'd love to do this and that. I'm like, you, you're going to get lucky at best in this game. I listened to it in and detail. They got lucky. I, I think I lucky. And they, oh, my God. I did like seeing Stetson Bennett all hung over on Good Morning America today, though. That well, made me whose really bright idea was to put the kid on immediately the next day? I mean, he's like 28. But the amount of time that he's been there, but 
I can't really call him a kid. He's on a, he's on a Lorenzo Bryant uh, <laughs> deal. I love, I love Lorenzo. I don't know if it, anything from this show gets back to him, but that's just one of our points of reference because he was playing before both of us at URI, and he uh-huh. just, uh, I think, had his final year this year. So, he had seven seasons of college yeah, football. Yeah, and, you know, there's people like that. Maybe we've uh, spoken to people like that. Uh, but what is this a read? Yeah, uh, bet online. Uh, <laughs> is, is this a read? <laughs> just, just, you know what? Go ahead, continue, continue. You got. We're it. going into the most fun season during betting. I know people like you all steamed up for March Madness. Too much information overload. Uh, NFL playoffs is what you need to be locked in on. There's no more college football. There's no uh, NBA regular season is awful. Um, NHL, it's not my cup of tea. NFL playoffs is what I'm going to be betting on, and I like money. I like making money and I like doing so with my knowledge of football. Now this past weekend, you think you have no knowledge, uh, but I do. And that's why I go to bet online and you can sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code believe B L E A V to get started from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, uh, any of the fights, uh, Vegas casino games. If you feel like getting that itch and you, you're going to, you're going to scratch a little bit, head to bet online at AG. It's the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, bet online, where the game starts and where the headaches start for me. And then where the uh, transfers from the savings into the checkings start to me <laughs> for me, but Ooh, it, no, don't go down that path. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm kidding. Of course I'm kidding. Of course, but it is, it is fun to gamble, especially during these dreary winter months where there's mm-hmm. nothing to look forward to because the sun is setting at 4 PM. And then you got to take naps in the afternoon when you should be getting lifts. And then what is, what's going to bring you out of the depths? Watch some sports. There it is again. Don't you, don't you do it. It's coffee. That coffee mug like that. Don't grab it. Don't grab it by the. Just grab it by the whole cup. Do you want me to? Do you want me to drink it like this? Do you want like the? the, I'll leave this room. I'll leave it. I'll leave the room. The single mom at six thirty in the morning. (laughs) I'll leave the room. (laughs) By the way, Stetson Bennett, twenty three years old, so he is the uh, the same age as Joe. So he's the the seven seven year wonder. I don't actually is that. Probably seven years. I have no idea. I don't think it was seven years. He's been around for a while. He's, he's been around for a, a while. while. A while. Yeah, a while. Um, Sean, football game that we have to talk about. So the national championship game, a lot of hype coming into this one. And we were very excited about what was going to happen. I was talking about how I thought this game was going to be close. I called it like a 10-point game, which was a lot closer than the actual outcome. Uh, we had expectations based on the dominant defensive performances we've gotten from both teams, the electric nature that Hunter Lupke has provided to the run game for North Dakota State and the rest of the guys in that group, and then not to mention the true underdog storyline of the the whole playoff run, which is Tommy Malat. Is that that was the, that I believe is the correct pr- pronunciation? Malat. Couldn't even tell you. I see so many people have like said it to me and it's just not clicking. And the only way I'm going to get it is if he tells me and I'm going to keep bothering him until he comes on the show. Um, But we were expecting some fireworks. We were expecting some big plays and, and a really close, hard fought battle. But what ends up happening, Sean, is we get a 38 to 10 blowout and Malat goes down super early with an injury. And I believe it was on a play where he was just throwing a pass. I don't know if it was something that 
necessarily happen earlier and we didn't really notice it, but he went down because of the rough playing surface. I think might have contributed to that. And I, I want to get to that in a second, but Sean, him going down and Montana State losing him, Tucker Rovig steps in, and that offense was just, in, I, I hate to say it, incompetent. They could not move the ball. They knew that it was, all they had was Isaiah Fonzi. They knew that that was the, the only guy that they could go to. They were stacking the box. This is a team that feasts against the run, and Rovig just could not really do much to help this Montana State offense. So that really, really, really killed Montana State. Yeah, they definitely got flatter. Um, that's to be expected, and that's a bad beat. But if we're being real, right, Joe? I mean, three rushers over 80 yards for North Dakota State, four rushing touchdowns. It, it was just it was a dominating performance by North Dakota State on the ground. And that's kind of what we predicted. We said it was going to be in the trenches. Uh, I did not think it was going to be that lopsided, but the big boys for the bison really came to play and then they just ran the rock. And then I know 10 points is not a lot uh, to score for Montana state. You shouldn't be happy with that performance, but at the same time you're facing at that in that game, nobody in the country stopping that team running the ball. Did it look like anybody that we had seen all year was going to be stopping them? No, no. So it's, it's, I wouldn't be, too downtrodden, I'd be like, damn, we could have done something a little better at this and that. Maybe if Mellet stays in the game, a lot stays in the game. Uh, maybe we make it a little closer. But they could have just kept on running it, and they did, and they iced you, and that's how the game went. And it was... Uh, eh, you want a little more entertainment. Certainly want a more entertainment than what we got. And, and I honestly do believe that if, if Mellet was available this would have been a lot closer of a football game. I still, just based on how dominant the Bison looked, I still would lean for them. They would have won the football game regardless. Oh, yeah. But the one thing that made this so lopsided was how often they had the football and how much they kept turning them over on you know these three and outs and, and short drives and then leading to a lot of mistakes by Rovig. It would have been a much different if they could do what they're typically known for, which is running the football, grinding things out. And that's why I thought it was going to be a close, low scoring game is that if both teams were running the ball effectively, maybe got a couple big runs here and there, but you lose a lot and it's just, it's one sided. The one team that can run the ball did it. And then as soon as they built the lead, this is a team that is built to sustain a lead by running and consistently running hard with loop key. Um, with Cam Miller, with uh, Quincy Patterson, like all of those different guys that they have available to tote the rock, they are built to run away with a lead like that. And I, I don't think it's a hot take to say that if they had Malat, it would have been it would have been a much closer football game. It would have been because even though Montana State is a primary rushing team, they were a multi-dimensional rushing team with the quarterback aspect included in that. So if you're already thinking, oh, you know, they're already kind of one-dimensional. They're not, though, because you have the running back and you have the quarterback to focus on. And then with that, you can become much more creative and then you can build off of that. And you have a full game plan and you're you're not just strictly one-dimensional. I know that it's why triple option teams are tough because even though they run the ball uh, 90% of the time, it's not one-dimensional. There's too much going on. It's too mm-hmm. chaotic. And when you have a quarterback that can break loose for a first down at a uh, in the blink of an eye, that does not make you a one-dimensional team. Uh, but it looks that way when you have a quarterback that can't do that with a, a, a team that is built the way and structured the way that Montana State has it structured, which is just, you know, it, 
you can hamstring yourself in situations where the quarterback goes down if you don't have a backup that can run the same uh, offense. Like uh, in Baltimore, right? Lamar Jackson goes down. Tyler Huntley comes in, plays the Packers tight, just like Lamar would because the offense is still designed for players with a, a mobile quarterback uh, ability who can throw the ball, uh, but the the, mob- uh, the mobility of the quarterback uh, really gets the the offense moving down because it also it, it infringes upon the defense's ability to truly do their job. That's why you have a backup in place that can do the same things that the quarterback that's starting for you can do. Even if it's not at the same level, it has to be structured that way. It needs to be if you're going to be competitive and have an offense structure like Montana State's. The one thing that we definitely do need to talk about, Sean, is the the playing surface in this football game. And I, I'm not going to sit here and say that the playing surface prevented Montana State from winning. Uh, I think that that might be a step too far. But it, frankly, it was embarrassing that 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 field, that playing surface at Toyota Stadium, which is a freaking soccer field that they played on in this game is exceedingly embarrassing. It's ridiculous that guys were slipping the opening kickoff. A, the kicker eats shit, completely falls on his ass. The the kick barely goes the, the typical distance, and it's basically a squib kick. That was the, the minute that I knew that there were going to be problems in this game. You're going to have a lot of guys slipping, a lot of potential injuries that, that did actually end up coming up. Whether they were results of the field or not, that remains to be seen. But the fact that we are playing the national championship game at this stadium is completely ridiculous. The fact that we can't get this game in uh, the Minnesota Vikings indoor stadium is kind of appalling to me. Like we're not, I don't understand. Like I've heard great things about Frisco. I've heard that the city itself is a fantastic host, but that stadium is a a laughing stock that a division one national championship is being played in it. And I would argue if you had a bigger stadium, they still would have packed it. They still would have filled the entire stadium. So I I think a stadium somewhere in the Midwest, if you went with like the Viking stadium or something like that, you could very easily fill that stadium. Yeah. Especially because there's fans of FCS, FCS football that want to take that journey. They want to go to, and that's the thing about Frisco. You say, Oh, you're going to Frisco this year. You are, you associate that with, um, FCS football championship, which is a good thing, but at some point changes need to be made. So it's the best product being put out there. There's a lot of stadiums. There's a ton. And I don't think it would, I think it would be strong if the FCS uh, committee decided to look around and see what other options there are. And I'm not sure how much of a, a a big uh, help it is for the city of Frisco and that stadium, but just we got to have a better surface. We got to look like we're playing some real big boy football. And that's the thing. It's got to be, it's got to have the specs of a championship game. Now, a lot of fans in the stands, the teams had energy. Uh, it looked like there was a good buildup. Um, but a lot of the, 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 uh, the specs on it is, and uh, from ESPN standpoint too, I have such, uh, it is so, it, I, the broadcast, the broadcast actually took me away. Yeah. Okay, I, I know other people noticed this. Mm-hmm. I was so, I, I don't, I, you can't offend me with what you say. You can't offend me with takes. Doesn't matter. You can't do it to me. I was offended at how lazy and how incompetent. Or, no, no, it was just laziness because they could have done it. On the lower third for Montana State and North Dakota State, we all know where it is. It shows the score, the timeouts, and the, the you know, the, the game clock, right? 
you see it. Okay. And then you got the uh, Montana state logo, North Mm -hmm. Dakota state logo. And behind them, there are colors, right? You see the colors of it. They don't match the team's colors in the produced graphics for the team that was going to show season stats. You see it's the North Dakota state green. It is the Montana state Navy and gold. It's the green and yellow Navy and gold. We see that. We see they have the capability to do that. But in the lower third of this game, Montana state's blue was that of BYU. And, and North Dakota State's green was Coastal Carolina green. So that lets me know that somebody at ESPN decided, hey, why would I even do this and, and, and put this in the uh, overlay on the on this lower third graphic? Who's going to notice? I'm going to notice because BYU and Central uh, Coastal Carolina played each other. So they just said, hey, we'll just do the same thing. Why, why wouldn't we? No, 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 no. You can't just do that. You didn't see... Uh, uh, last night, Georgia and Auburn or Georgia and Alabama with different colors in their colors. And mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. But it's laziness and it's disrespectful. I, I, I couldn't. I, I was so seething looking at this broadcast. And then halftime, Joe, did you see what they talked about at halftime? All they talked about was the 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 um, the FBS National <gasps> Championship. That was all they talked about. What the hell are we doing? This is supposed to be a premier event for the FCS. Tons it's not a Division people. Two game. It's a big Dude, deal. And I was so don't livid. Like I was so. It took me away from how uh, what the field looked like, the traction on the field, all that. It took me away for how poorly produced that broadcast was for all the FCS fans that decided to watch all the North Dakota State alumni, all the the people from uh, Montana State, everybody that had a passing interest on ESPN that day was served a, a, a pile of shit. It it drew 1.32 million viewers despite it being a blowout, and I'm sure that that tailed off towards pretty quickly into the game. And I understand that it's a blowout. Forget that. I I just a different network needs to be willing to put up this game because that to me, like you said, is is sheer disrespect. This is not a high school football game. This is not a Division three football game. This is not something you're throwing up on ESPN+. Plus. This is a national championship game. And I don't even think that they were putting anything on the regular ESPN. I think it was it was a basketball game. It was a regular season basketball Dude. game. I don't understand how... The, the, were there more than 1.3 million people tuning into the, that, the crappy basketball game that they had going on that morning? I'm not even going to do the comparison. I'm just going to be... Shame. I mean, and we have our beef with ESPN. We have it, and I know I can't that, stand ESPN. And I know whatever this does. If we keep on talking out about them, speaking out about Sports Center and how they run their social media, how they manage their TV shows, it's not going to help us. It never yeah. would if we if we keep on uh, saying listen? if we keep on uh, speaking our minds. But regardless, if they something does happen, they go to fact checkers. It's not going to help us. Regardless, you can't do that. You can't do it because if we're noticing. Everybody else is noticing. Or if they're not, now they are. Go back and look at the game. Look at how it was presented to the listener, uh, to the viewer. It is unfathomable to have a million viewers mm. taking in a product that is subpar, and you're supposed to be the, 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 the cornerstone of sports broadcast media. Shame on ESPN. And, and I, I'll apologize for them to the FCS list, uh, listeners and viewers. You shouldn't have had to deal with that. You shouldn't have had to because it, it, it was avoidable. Oh my God! Am I? I'm glad I remembered this. I'm glad I remembered <laughs> how utterly pissed off I was about the broadcast. And we go to halftime during the FCS football championship game, and we're talking about Georgia and Alabama, which is uh, not happening that day. And, and it's not even like it's a scenario where 
it's like, okay, this is what people want to tune into. It is like you're talking about the sheer laziness. They didn't want to put together a, a, pa- a panel of people just to sit in and talk about the game. That was exactly what it is. And on top of that, I don't know who the hell the color analyst was. Like, uh, who was the color commentator? Like, who are these people that are just so clearly do not want to be there? I think he was an FCS guy, but he didn't give a crap. Dude. I just, the lack of energy, and I get it, it was a blowout. But the start of the game, I just felt like it was, you know, it, it the, the overall broadcast is terrible. I thought so, too. I've watched a lot of softball on ESPN+. Plus. They got a guy. They got a couple teams that just do nationally. You know, they do nationally softball. They go mm-hmm. to the to the the complexes. They're fantastic because they they at least put on the notion that they care. And it's ESPN Plus. They're doing I don't know maybe two cameras max. And, and, you know, it, it's not the the softball championship. Not a ton of people in the stands. But I'm looking at this product like, hey, this is why you buy ESPN Plus. This is why you do this. And then what do I see during a massive event for the FCS? Nothing, nothing that would represent that. If Flow Sports can get the graphics right for their games, why can't ESPN? Flow Sports is a different. Uh, I understand. I, I, no, I understand. <laughs> and I get the problems with it. But if they can have the attention to detail on the little uh, things, it's the little things, right, Joe? Yes. God, attention I am so pissed off about that. Sean, before we, um, I, the last thing I want to talk about this game is the, the the very clear headline that comes from it, and the one that every lazy media outlet just that doesn't pay attention to FCS, but as soon as they see North Dakota State win, they go ah dynasty ah, which yeah justifiably yes, but they're not tracking or following any of the stuff during the season, and they're just using it for a social media post at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, but the dynasty is back. And I would argue it really didn't leave. The only blip in their path was the spring season where they were thrust into a situation where they had to start uh, Zeb Nolan, who sucked. And now they figured out their quarterback situation. They're back on path for what we know that they're fully capable of, which is dominating the FCS. And so the, the thing that I pose here, Sean, that I want to wrap up our show with talking about is do we think that this is going to continue to be sustainable? At what point do we start to lose guys to other programs, coaches to other programs, or even the possibility that they move up? What are your thoughts? I think it's a sustainable a pro- a program in all of college football. We've seen what happens when players decide to leave. We saw Jabril Cox go to LSU, got drafted, and then, I know, leader of the team. He still would have gotten drafted out of NDSU. He still would have been... gotten drafted, uh, and then, uh, but they found a replacement, and they found another guy next man up, and that's what happens when you're able to cultivate a culture within your program that is truly next man up. You're going to go here, and you're going to be ready to go in. There's not going to be missed assignments. I don't see missed assignments with North Dakota State. I don't because they're treating it like a program where if you have a a mental uh, mistake, a gaffe, you're not prepared enough, somebody else will be. There's somebody else here that's going to want to ring at the end of the year or compete for one. So if you are able to have that leverage of saying you're not better than the program itself, guys are going to want to play harder. Guys are going to stay there. Unless they're, you know freak athletes that could have gone first or second round even then a lot of, a lot of first second round guys going out of North Dakota State 
you're getting buy-in from a full team. And that's a, 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 it's terribly difficult to cultivate that in college players where all they see is their friends on different teams that are in the transfer portals. They're going on visits. Uh, they're getting this and that. Oh, they just got a new locker room. Oh, look at this. They got new cleats. I like this gear more. Uh, why don't I transfer? And you're sitting there just sitting in a, in a pool of doubt. Uh, but if you're able to get a, into a spot where that's not there, why, why wouldn't you have a dynasty? That's a true cultural dynasty that they have in North Dakota State. I, I completely agree with you. I don't, I don't think anything is going to disrupt this, this current path and trajectory that the Bison have established. They have built a sustainable sit- situation where not only can they push that next man up if somebody does leave or, or maybe goes down with an injury, they are able to consistently have high quality bought in players. And we've even seen a level of next man up that when coaches leave to go to other destinations, that whoever steps up as the next coach is highly successful. And arguably you get guys that are better than the previous coach in the previous regimes. The only thing that I think that is going to disrupt the level of dominance that we have from North Dakota state currently is if they move up and there are obviously a lot of, um, Politics that go into that with the the conferences and realignment, and you hear about how FBS teams don't want to play North Dakota State, and I think some of these conferences might be a bit intimidated by North Dakota State. You also have the circumstance of North Dakota State wanting to be paired with the right conference, and if they're going to move up, they're going to want to move to a Mountain West type conference. And that might not even be up to the par of, of what they're capable of. I mean, we've seen this, this team beat programs like Iowa. And I almost wonder if the Big Ten ever considered adding teams if instead of going for a group of five school, if they would maybe reach out to a North Dakota state. And I would argue that they would do just fine if they moved to the Big Ten. I think I'm they would saying do. that they would be Ohio State level, but they would compete with the Minnesotas and the Iowas and the Purdue's they would could easily be a mid-tier team to start off I think that that is not a hot take I think it would take a couple of years to get mid-tier but hmm. they couldn't do worse than any of the other power fives right now or non-power fives I'm gonna I'm gonna with, I'm gonna, with the exception of Cincinnati <laughs> I want to wrap maybe it, BYU I want to wrap it with the, uh, the this take here Sean these these power five conferences need to stop being cowards. Somebody invite oh. North Dakota State oh, to their conference. I don't want to see them go group of five. This is a power five team we're watching. This is a power five program. Mm. You put them in the power five. They know how to recruit. They know how to get dudes. They're going to do it at a higher level, and they're going to shock some teams. Stop being cowards. It's time to give them a shot. Wow. Now Joe's made his official decree and his take fashion. Your move, NCAA. <laughs> NCAA has nothing to do with that. It's just a matter of if like the Big Ten or... I mean, they would only really fit in the Big Ten. I don't think that they would fit in the... Maybe the Big 12 location-wise. Because mm. BYU joined the Big 12 and they're like in the complete opposite spectrum of locations. I don't know. Sean, that's going to be it from us on our, our national championship discussion. Uh, the one thing I want to hit on what to expect from the offseason. We're going to try to stick to two episodes a week as much as we can. I'm sure that there's going to be the occasional week where we only push out one episode, but we're going to pivot a little bit away from what we did in the past few off seasons. 
previously it was a lot of just breaking down and recapping and previewing and we're still going to do some of that during the probably the, the the summer but we thought that would would be a lot more entertaining for our listeners and would be a lot more exciting is getting to hear from players currently at these universities previously recently graduated guys that are in the NFL uh, coaches guys that are entering the NFL draft and I've already got a number of guys that have committed to say that they want to come on the show so we've actually got a a big name guy that I think is going to come up come on really really soon so stay tuned for that but we've got the next episode is going to be PJ Burkhalter who was the uh, nickel state lineman multi-time all-american guy and that, that was a fun conversation so it, uh, right yeah it was a lot of fun that's it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Got nothing else. <laughs> this is no fun. This okay. show. All right. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's for us. <laughs> okay. It, it, it was. It, I, I don't want to give too much away. I want the listeners to no. be ready. Yes. You know, I, I like giving them a surprise. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's going to be a lot of uh, guest stuff, which uh, Joe is just trying to flex his producer capabilities, which is a good thing uh, because I am doing none of that on this show. So oh, I appreciate I am- it. I am grinding. I have a massive spreadsheet. I am bombarding people with DMs. And if we have any active player listeners, which I know for a fact that we do because I get guys that hit me up all the time that would like to come on the show, feel free to shoot me a DM. Understand that we can't have everybody on, but if you're interested, we would love to have you on. Um, Sean, I'm going to close this out. You got anything else before I do? Hell no. Okay. Football season's over. This will be a fun Put that Can't on wait. a quote graphic. Hell no, Sean Anderson. Eight months until we get more FCS college football. <laughs> awesome. Can't wait. Yeah, we got we to gotta start planning the next trip. Uh, folks, thank you for tuning in. Oh. Hit the subscribe button. We're going to have a name change for the channel coming in the next couple weeks. That's coming very soon. Um, yeah, don't be surprised by that if you do see it. Um, it it's, we'll explain when it happens. But if when you see it happen just stick it, it just just we'll explain yeah i have to pay for the new logo first before we do anything. Oh, uh follow us on twitter at joe DeLeon, at sanderson radio we'll talk to you soon enjoy the rest of your week and stay tuned for an interview with bj burkhalter thank you for listening to believe You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.